This evening we are uh, we are celebrating the Ascension, and as part of that, we're we're ending the sermon series that we've been in for the season of Easter, which is kind of a summary of what gifts the gospel actually brings to us. And we're very familiar as uh, Lutheran Christians in the pardon factor that by the cross of Christ in the gospel that pardon the forgiveness of sins has been delivered to us. But in our series, what uh, we wanted to communicate was not only that this important piece through the cross of Christ, the pardon was in it, but also that Christ has come to bring his presence to us. And we we have this represented by the manger, uh, the arrival of the Christ child, uh, the word becoming flesh and, and dwelling within creation. And then we also have the power of God that is delivered to us. And the power of God comes to us by the resurrection, by the ultimate victory over death, um, that in the power of God we actually stand in our faith. This also comes to us in the ascension, uh, a peace within our faith that is often overlooked and and misunderstood. Uh, We just generally kind of stop at the resurrection and, and not talk much about the ascension. But the ascension delivers to us some very important key points of our understanding of who Jesus is and what he is doing now. And the fact is, is that with the ascension, with the the Lord ascending up, his bodily ascension to sit at the right hand of God, his presence actually becomes magnified among us. That in the ascension, what descends is his presence into the depths of the earth, into the depths of you. There's a few things about the story of the Ascension that always mystifies me, that that stands in kind of the face of reality, much like the resurrection. That the Lord actually ascended up into the clouds and his disciples are standing there in front of him, kind of in disbelief, but not in pain. And that's actually the thing that often strikes me as strange. I've had people leave me I've had people die. Every time there's an accompanied feeling of pain and suffering that comes with it. I know for a fact that uh, if I was there at the ascension, I would be clinging to the feet of Jesus, trying to drag him back down to stay right here among us, to be right here with us. I would be asking the very question of, of what about me, but I'd also be kind of making the statement of if you are leaving, so am I. You can't leave us behind in this. I, I was thinking about this very point and I, I kind of remember back to my childhood when my parents would listen to oldies. That's kind of what we grew up on. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to get in a generational debate about what is oldies. But um, one of the songs that, that kind of popped into my mind was the, the 1965 uh, The Animals hit, We Gotta Get Out of This Place. I love that song. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's a very good song. And, it, and it's easy to remember. It's easy to recall, clearly. And um, it wound up becoming kind of a banner song for an entire generation. That it, it stayed within the high ranks of, of songs. If you... Uh, look up, there's a few surveys that have been done in the Vietnam era generation. This was a banner song for them, especially for the veterans. That It made them think of their time when they were on tour in Vietnam, 
but also their time when they returned to the States, finding that they had to get out of the places they returned to. Um, more closer to my generation, and not of oldies, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, once, uh, as he's reflecting on his career, played this song before a crowd, and made the, the statement before everybody is that that song was basically every song that he has ever written. Born in the USA, you name it, all of them can be summarized by, we've got to get out of this place. And the, the writers of this song originally wrote it just about their own interaction in New York City. In fact, it begins by talking about the dirtiness of the city and looking around, they kind of got it get out of that place. And in thinking about that, they think about where they actually grew up and remember the vision of their dads dying on their deathbed and having just suffered their entire life of working. And with that being the thing to confront them, the call is, we got to get out of this place. Exactly. We understand that. And the writers were surprised at this song because of the chord it struck with so many people. Because there's not a person's life, there's not any one of us that are gathered here this evening that at some point has had that same statement run through their mind. We've got to get out of this place. Maybe it was just you striking it out on solo. I've got to get out of this place. This place being a relationship. This place being a church. This place being some sort of work. Or this place just being everything you've ever known. We identify with that feeling. And so for us, on Ascension Day, to have our Lord ascend away from us, we would want to go with Him. In fact, many people have suffered under the idea that they could actually bring Him back by their own actions. And when that didn't work, did other actions to take themselves to him. We've got to get out of this place. <laughs> it's a haunting thing to consider. It strikes at us because we know that this can be difficult at times, this life. I was just reading the other day, um, at the beginning of 2018, the United Kingdom established a loneliness ministry a ministry of government to deal with the rampant uh, feelings of loneliness in our society. And not only have we said we got to get out of this place, but in doing so, oftentimes, we become more and more isolated from one another to the point that our entire society is suffering from it. And you know that must be if the government finally notices. <laughs> I digress a little bit. We want to be like Mary at the resurrection story. Standing outside of the tomb of Jesus and at his appearance before her, we want to cling on to him because we fear that with his physical leaving us that we will be forever alone, that we would have to strike it out on our own, that we would be by ourselves in our work, in our callings, in our relationships, in all that we face. Sometimes it's easier for us to make that loneliness happen so that we don't even have to think about it and deal with it. 
But to have that opinion and to be like Mary grabbing onto him, we would have to hear the words of Jesus then. Do not cling to me, for I must go. Jesus in his own ministry describes why it is that he has to go. He has to go to prepare a place for us. His father's house has many rooms, and if it were not so, I would have told you. So he must go. And what we find out is in the ascension that as the Lord rises, his presence magnifies and comes among us. Ben Myers, one of the theologians in our, our synod, recently came out with a book just called The Apostles' Creed. And in it, he's describing the ascension and oftentimes how people feel that it is Jesus abandoning us to kind of make it on our own, to maybe possibly wind the clock and let it run until it's time for him to return. But in the book, he says that Jesus uh, did not leave out of desperation to go to heaven away from us, but he left in the ascension so that he could come in his presence to the depth to rule and reign over and within all of creation. So that he could come and reign over and within all of creation. And that includes you. And that includes me. That the power of God delivered to us in the ascension is that the God who made all things and all things were made through has now come to reign and to rule not just at the right hand of God, but with us, among us, around us. The power of the ascension is that the presence of God invades our own loneliness and isolation. The power of the ascension is God coming into our war-torn and poverty-stricken lives and actually bringing peace. The power of the ascension is the power of God coming to us to not just fulfill our lives, but to make us and lead us in living our lives. This could only possibly come to us first by the, the cross of Christ, bringing us into this faith. But with this faith comes the Lord himself into your life. To have a king, a true king, a king that can reign and rule over everything. There has been no other king on this earth there is no president that could ever muster the strength like this. There is no governor who could legislate this kind of action. And so with the power of the ascension in our lives, we have to ask the all-important question that comes. So now what? So now what does it mean to have this power of the ascension, to have an ascended Lord a ruling king over our lives. I had to think about this uh, a few weeks ago when I was visiting a friend of mine in California. And uh, he likes to push me a little bit on being Lutheran. He's an evangelical. and He loves with such confidence I can speak about how he's wrong. And so he wanted to ask the uh, difficult question of me, of what was it that Lutherans actually struggle with? 
I used to answer that Lutherans struggle with joy, actually having joy in their faith. Uh, maybe that's still there. But one of the major problems I see that often arises in our faith, because we are so confident in our salvation and in the promises in our baptism, is that oftentimes we feel like we're just holding on until Jesus comes back. We feel like we're just waiting until either he calls us home or he comes back. And that's not really what the ascension is about. It's not Jesus exiting in order for us to just wait for him to return. But the power of the ascension actually calls us into this world. And it does so by defeating one thing that often stops us. That's fear. Fear is oftentimes what ends our relationships. Fear is oftentimes what enters with doubt. Fear is often what keeps us in one place. It's what makes us just wait there until Jesus returns. But remember, the disciples did not stand there in fear. They did not stand there with tears in their eyes. They did not stand there calling to Jesus to take them with him. But instead, they were given the instruction to stop standing and to go. Moving defeats fear. Living defeats fear. And you've been given the strength to do both because our Lord has ascended. It would be one thing for our Lord to command us to go and give us nothing to help us do that. It would be one thing for the Lord to give us the direction on how to be His disciples in this world, but to give us nothing to aid us during this time. But because of the ascension, the Lord's presence has come to us. The gift of His Spirit has come to us. The gift of His body and blood and the gift of His Word has come to us. And for that reason, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear in saying, I am sorry. We have nothing to fear in confessing our sins. We have nothing to fear in being bold in the Word of God. We have nothing to fear in admitting who we are. We have nothing to fear in letting go of all of those achievements that we have accumulated. We have nothing to fear in tearing down the facades on our outside. Because you have the strength of the ascended Lord with you now. You have a God who in his ascension pulls your eyes and your head up to where he is in order that you can walk here. Fear wants to make us sit and lay down, but in the ascension you are pulled up to stand boldly in the gospel and then directed to carry it out, to go to the places that your king is already ruling and reigning. The ascended Lord has brought us all that he is and all that he reigns over. And for that, we have no reason to fear. We have no reason to plead that we need to get out of this place. But we have every reason to live with his spirit and his boldness now. Amen? Amen.